guys, okay, I don't want to spend too much time on this and belabor the point because we have the final guest of Guestuary on the line and ready to go. But have you <laughs> noticed? Have you noticed that Twitter and podcasting is just way more fun when the, the wolves are just mired in controversy? I'm having way more fun on Twitter, even though I'm frustrated. I'm having a, Wait, you a had, great time. You're you're having more fun on Twitter with the with the Hornets <laughs> game. I think it's it's just juicy. It's just juicier. Like everyone's in like it's pure pandemonium. People are losing their minds. I'm betraying my favorite player in the group chat to you guys. This is truly what movies is made of. Wow, this is, you, we have very different definitions of fun. You're, are you are you a masochist? Is that what I'm here? Like do maybe you, or do you? Is it because we've grown in these the fires of bad wolves teams that like it's, it's probably because it's, it's familiar. That's what it is. It's yeah. familiar. It's like ah oh, yes, KOC and what's his face are saying horribly mean spirited things about Kron okay, Town. This is this feels the, great. This feels normal. The Chris Vernon just like mocking Carl Anthony Towns yeah, voice was thing bit. was super weird. That's fine. And that, then I get then I have the full, I have like a green light to tweet the meanest meme I've ever made <laughs> about anybody, which, which I I really appreciate. Buckle up, hotties! It's time to talk some hoops. Welcome to Crunch Wears No Pants with Brandon, Nate, and Jordan. What's poppin', Bandy people? Welcome to Crunch Wears No Pants, proudly a part of the Pull Tab Sports Podcast Network and powered exclusively by Lamb Chops, Unreal Clothing, and Duke Cannon. That is Nate, the mean man, Alsdurf. That is Brandon, the anti-Milton Beck, and I am Jordan, local ties, Alamat, and we have no more time for shenanigans or talking about ringer personalities. We have a guest, our final guest, a guestuary. She is one of the most talented people I've ever met. She's a person of many words, both sung and written. Her new album's Spirit of the Staircase is streaming now wherever you get your music. And her newest article chronicling the rise of the Minnesota Timberwolves dropped today via The Guardian. But enough is enough is enough with the introductions. Let's get into it and make some noise for Claire DeLune. Hey! Oh my God. Ooh. That was so yeah. nice. What a nice intro. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Jordan. What a nice intro. Um, I miss doing, I guess it wasn't podcasting. It was like old school FM radio that we used to do together. But this is like such a cool reunion. It's great. And, and under such cool circumstances because the Timberwolves are good. It's amazing the circumstances. The Wolves are back. The Wolves and we are don't back to... as Jordan has been speaking into existence for my, the entire duration of our friendship. The Wolves <laughs> are literally back. You didn't believe me. I did not. You didn't believe me. <laughs> I sure you know what's did. great? We don't need to we don't need to interrupt our basketball takes with uh local music anymore. We can just go full hour of straight hoop stock. Claire, that's probably thank you good because I haven't been paying attention to local music very much. So since now it's not my job, I have I don't have my finger on the pulse, you know? Like Yeah, me neither. I DJ wedding. So I'm like, hey, you want to play Journey and Nicki Minaj? Cool. <laughs> I got you. Um, all right, Claire, let's get into yeah. it. No right, more let's... no more friendly banter. Let's get into it. Brandon, you want to okay. kick us off with our no pants hot seat of Claire DeLune? Oh my god. All right. So this is the first this is the first question we ask every guest. Um who's your NBA comp? Claire DeLune, the basketball oh. player. Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. Um okay, who's my NBA comp? Uh I should have been prepared for this question. You know, I feel like I'm is it a cop out to say I'm a hybrid? This you can, make, you can mix NBA players together. I'm going to mix a couple. Okay. So if we were talking like astrology, like sun, moon, rising is like your big three in astrology. You have like a, like in astrology, I'm a Libra sun, a Scorpio moon and a Capricorn rising. So by that metric, like my sun, moon, rising of NBA players, I would say I am a Kevin Durant sun. First of all, we're both Libra. Second of all, we're both sensitive. 
we're both <laughs> humble brag, highly skilled at what we do. And uh, I feel like we're just both a good hang. You know what I mean? Like he has great taste in music. He's cool. He has a good sense of humor about himself. Prolific um, tweeter. You guys are both prolific prolific uncensored on Twitter. Yeah. Yep. Twitter is kind of like our side claim to fame besides the other shit we do. So I feel like we have that in common. He is my favorite tweeter of all time, NBA or otherwise. Um, so I would say Kevin Durant, son. Then I would say Jimmy Butler, moon. Um, not only are we obviously both musically inclined, but I feel like Jimmy is a good combo of like extremely fiery, intense, but also has a good sense of humor about things, a good perspective about things. So I would say that. And then I actually think I have a little bit of like, I would say the Capricorn rising. I would I would consider that kind of like a Chris Paul energy, kind of like the the adult in yep. the room takes their job seriously, gives it 110%, can be polarizing in moments and is at peace with that. So yeah, I would say that's my big three NBA. Next time we do the the Franken player draft, we have to have Claire do that. We did a draft where we just take parts of different NBA players, like yes. like like their arms. I think you got to you got to be on next. Year I think you just we described. I think you just described like the best player ever, like combining <laughs> those three players together. I mean, not to Brad, but yeah, but you know. it, it's just like yeah. most elite. But whatever. Yeah, um, that would be my comp. That's a good one. Uh, so I have a I have a pivot. A uh, similar type of question, but but in the music realm. So I'm curious what your musical influences are. So Ooh. what who has influenced you? That's easier to answer because I've answered this question before. That last one I have never answered before, um, which is awesome. I enjoyed it. Um, so I would say the band I get compared to the most or artist is Beach House. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's definitely that vibe. But if you took Beach House and mixed it with like, Snow Allegra is a kind of like future R&B vibes and then a little maybe like influx of some just sort of like old school just pop like I feel like I'm influenced by just all eras of pop music really um and then maybe like a little like kind of indie sleaze grungy mm -hmm. rock and roll in there as well that would be the combo that's uh nice. I was I'm intrigued to hear this, Claire, because like because as a fan of your music oh. for a long time, and also as a friend, I've heard your your growth and your development and your evolution, and like so the I guess you just added like some of that soul, like the SZA in there. So it was, mm -hmm. so is that like a newer addition yeah. to your influential repertoire? I think I think I always like enjoyed listening to that kind of music, and I think that growing up, I listened to a lot of you know, kind of like the divas, like Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, that kind of stuff. And then also like, like Aaliyah and Destiny's Child. And so I think you could always hear those influences in there if you knew where to look for them. But I think now that I'm co-producing all my own music and I'm like technically a solo artist now, even though obviously I feel, I mean, I work with producers and stuff. Like I don't actually make these songs completely alone, but no solo artist does either really. So, yeah. um, but I, f I always feel silly saying I'm a solo artist because it's like, it doesn't feel like I made any of the music that I make like by myself, but because it's like my project now and like my name is on it and I co-produce all the music, I think there's more of the influences, those formative influences and stuff and my just my taste in music in there. Um, and it's kind of married with, I feel like Tiny Desk kind of has its own sound. And then it's kind of the longer I do it, the more it gets infiltrated with just what I'm listening to. And I love like, I mean, I think Frank Ocean's like one of the greatest American songwriters. And 
Yeah. I love that kind of music. So it kind of inevitably finds its way in there, I would say. I How one, do, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, Durf, what do you got? Go for it. I was just going to say, uh, I wanted to, I hadn't listened to you before. So today I wanted to check you out and like, you know, I, I, I like to come prepared. Um, yeah, and so I was that. at the, I was at the gym and I was on the treadmill and I was oh. like, okay, let's check this out. So cool. I was, I was just started, I, I hit play on the, on the top song and listened to it through. And I was like hitting my stride. I was like going, Hell yeah. I was, I was lost in the music. Everybody around me was stressing out, like heathen, trying not to throw up. And <laughs> I was just Brandon like, listening to not afraid. <laughs> you know, I was like, where did I, this come from? <laughs> Why love Eminem, this... bro? Yeah, I'm glad you liked Youth of a Nation. Um, no, I'm just kidding. That was me. That's a POD joke. That's a deep cut. Um, no, I, I'm trying to think of what my most played song. It's probably Us is probably the number one song. Or I don't know. I don't know what would be the first uh, I song. I saw would... Liar. Oh, Liar. Maybe? That's yeah. a weird one to like. That's like a very contemplative, like I would call it bathtub music song. Yeah. That's an interesting I, one it, to like I don't get know. hype to. I don't know what to tell you. All I know is I was going and I was like, I found the beat and I was like, okay, this is perfect. That's like my existential nice crisis song. It's like long drives, like main character in a movie energy, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have some workout workout appropriate music and that would be probably like almost dead last on the list of songs I'd recommend, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. Absolutely. Yep. Different strokes for different uh, folks. Absolutely. On the, Especially on the maybe a, maybe an elliptical vibe. It's kind of like got that sweeping. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Like this like slow motion running. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, as we're talking about your art, I've been I've been intrigued by this question for forever. I've been, I've had this in the chamber for your inevitable appearance on the Sick. podcast. Okay. How does your background as a musician and as a songwriter inform your sports journalism? Because I, I, you're you're way with words. Like I can I can see tiny deaths when I go to the Guardian. Oh my god, I love that backslash Claire Loon backslash. <laughs> you know um dot com just, just a straight up oh, dot, dot com. com my bad yeah just a standard <laughs> just, issue yeah um, just the old dot com. Like, how that, does that work i love that you picked up on that that makes me feel really good and like i'm doing what i what i intend to do but i would say i'm i'm a writer like that's who i am at my core i've always written i you know i wrote poetry when i was a really little kid and the night that evolved into writing songs and now i write articles but i think at my heart like if you're a writer, you're a writer and it kind of can transcend, you know, whatever medium you're doing. That being said, sports writing is obviously very different than songwriting. And there was a learning curve, but I think the way that my songwriting informs my sports writing is that I give myself, I would say like, like one to four little sentences or like, like turns of phrase or things per article they're just for my own enjoyment as a songwriter, like yeah. just little like metaphors or like just little things in there that are like nerdy writer things that are the type of thing I would put. I do the same thing in songs, like little rhyme schemes or turns of phrase or, you know, metaphors or whatever that are really just there because it makes me happy to do them as an artist. And I have found ways to include that in my basketball writing as well, which has been, it's been cool to discover that that's possible, but so like when people pick out, like when they share my articles and they like have a pull quote from it and the quote that they pick is one of those, that's like the most rewarding feeling in the world. Cause I'm like, oh my God, you found like the Willy Wonka gold thing in the article. Like, I love that. Brandon, it looked like you were about to talk or were you not? Um, no, I'm, I, well, I can take the next question. Um, so bringing it, bringing it back to basketball, uh, Jordan, Jordan prefaced us by letting us know that you are, you're a converted Lakers fan. At this point, uh, we have we have belabored this point on the pod in the past. So our perspective is well known. But 
What is your what is your feelings? How are you experiencing having D'Angelo Russell on your favorite basketball <laughs> team? <laughs> um, it's been a roller coaster for sure. I would say. I also feel like I wanted I want to start with the disclaimer that, um, my Lakers quote unquote fandom is very fickle, and I make no apologies or like qualms about that. I'm a big LeBron James fan, and I live in Los Angeles, and it kind of just happened that way. And LeBron and I moved to LA around the same time. And um, yeah, that was that coordinated. Yeah, we did okay. talk about it. It was in the works for a while, and it kind of just. The, the I'm taking my. Aligned. I'm taking my talents to. This is another um, example of the Adam Silver deep state <laughs> getting a new fresh journalist on the scene with LeBron in L.A. I can't believe it. Um, you get invited to Taco Tuesday at LeBron's house. <laughs> it's actually sponsored by the Illuminati. Not a lot of people know that. Um, but I'll let you know about membership opportunities. Yeah, please. Um, yeah, yeah. Send, send us, send us the form. Um, but no, and I also thought it was like kind of poetic and beautiful that like both me and the Los Angeles Lakers moved to Los Angeles from Minnesota. Like I thought that was, I don't know. There's just like a lot of synergy. That being said, like, I don't see myself as like a lifelong Lakers fan or anything like that. And at the end of the day, I'm like a fan of the league first and foremost and a fan of players. And then it's kind of just more fun when you have a vested interest in a team, as you guys know, of being a team pod. Um, but as far as D'Angelo Russell goes, it's been like I said, it's been a roller coaster. He had a pretty great start to his tenure in Los Angeles or second tenure in Los Angeles, I should say, last year. Kind of a rough playoffs, as is, you know, he's wont to do. He's to do. Um, <laughs> and and I think it's it's weird. Like he had kind of a rough start to the season this year. And then ever since it's been like kind of almost public knowledge that he will get traded, not might get traded, but I think it's it's pretty inevitable now that he will get traded. Ever since that, he's been playing incredible. Um, and it's been miraculous to watch. Honestly, like the last couple of weeks, he's been so good. And not just good in like a stats way, but good in like a he's made the team like objectively better. And in the games in which he's played well, they've just been a better basketball team. So I don't know. I'm actually starting to get kind of melancholy about the fact that it feels like just a matter of time that he's going to get traded. And I, I think I'll miss him. I Talk do. that shit, Claire. That's I, what's I up. Can I, That's what's up. Can, yes. Can I just say, like, the the description of his Lakers tenure is basically the exact description of, of his, his Timberwolves, Timberwolves tenure, tenure yes. where it was like you show like like if you take starting in the in the play in the Vando Patbev year, it was like. Wow, he came on really strong at the end of the regular season. He like won that playoff game. He was really terrible in the playoffs. Then he had a rough start to the next season. And then when it became <laughs> obvious he was going to get traded, he really heated up. Yeah, it, there's a pattern there. I will say like there's a little bit of recency bias because it was just last night that he had the most like insane block on James Harden. I've like mm -hmm. one of the that coolest blocks I've ever seen by a guard. And I was just like this fucking rules and um he also is like bff with my second favorite laker in austin reeves so yeah i have really mixed mm -hmm. emotions about it i don't know i think i think d'angelo russell's ceiling kind of just is what it is and i think he i think he should be like maybe the bench i feel like he'd be incredible on a team like the celtics for example where they don't really need him but but he provides a lot off the he provide a lot off the bench and really can get his numbers if you need him to um in small doses and i think he's very overqualified for something like that i think the problem is the lakers don't have a starting point guard and i don't think at least for a team that's in the 
contention conversation, whether or not the Lakers deserve to be presently is another conversation, but I don't think he's good enough to be the starting point guard for a team that at least fancies itself a contender. Mm -hmm. That's just not his ceiling. I don't think. But he's so hot and marketable, news. which, well, sorry, Brandon. I just wanted to go off oh. about how he's hot. You he's think he's hot? He is, he is hot. Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. He's I very think hot. I'm the only, Famously hot. Am I the only, I mean, maybe this is an invasive question. Uh, am I the only member of this podcast panel that is attracted to men on a regular basis? Because I don't find him attractive. There's 30% of Personal. me that is. And also we have our wife and our, our wives. Uh, <laughs> okay. This is mostly informed and, by the wives. I'm like, I was going to yeah. say this, that's a little presumptuous in 2024, but I, I don't think, I think he's handsome. I don't know. Maybe he's just not my type. Fair I don't enough. know. I, th I think he's hottie, but um, <laughs> I, I, think, um, I was just going to say, I was just going to say on the D'Angelo Russell point, the good news is when you do trade D'Angelo Russell, in our experience, you do get a championship caliber point guard <laughs> okay. and a very young, really good point of attack defender. So right. I like, you've got a lot to look forward yeah. to. Well, I, ironically, I, we did get a, a pretty great defender in the trade that brought us D'Angelo Russell. I, I say us. I fucking hate when people say us, but like I don't own the yeah, team. Own I, play it, own the it. Team. Um, I mean, they, they brought you they, over with LeBron, they so it did feels like get, you can say us. Right. And and he's my bestie. So mm -hmm. um, they did get Jared Vanderbilt in that trade as well. So not You're from the same Vando team, but in, in the three team trade or whatever. Yeah. Aren't you wearing your Vando shirt, Brandon? <laughs> Every pod, it's the Vando oh, shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. I, 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 I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I wish he had a bigger role. I think, great, I, I think the most success we could see out of D'Lo on a consistent basis, if if he could always be under threat of possibly being traded, like if, yeah. we, if we could just play under that guise, he would That's be... That's just been his whole life, though. Be, yeah, but I mean, well, after the trade deadline, he can't be traded. So Yeah, um, it, it is interesting because I feel like it can really go either way for players. Like yeah. in some, for some players, it really negatively impacts them and they start getting two in their head and for d'angelo russell he's just like a sort of like last night on earth mentality it feels like and it just really frees him up mm -hmm. um which i mean god bless him it's been really it's been i would say it's it's at least been way more fun to watch him yeah. recently oh, yeah when he's on he was like my favorite player he's hitting six threes in a row He's, he's his game is so pretty when it's working. He just has a really he's a beautiful shot. And like, it's just he 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 can do those kind of like LeBron esque assists where you're just like, how did you see that? How did you have that court vision? But then he can also just like do the most knife in the stomach turnover mm -hmm. in the worst possible moment that you could ever possibly imagine. So he contains he contains multitudes. He really is. Yeah. Don't we all, all of the above. Whenever yeah. you need a rip through foul, he can get your rip through foul. Maybe I'm a little D'Angelo. Maybe D'Angelo Russell's like my Venus sign or something, because I feel like I really do like it's just like, God, Claire, really right now? Like I have that in me for sure. <laughs> I don't even know how to transition out of this. I've I've interviewed hundreds of people. And I don't know how to transition out of it going deep on D'Angelo Russell here. So we're just going to throw uh, caution to the wind. Sup, hotties. Uh, we have more with Claire DeLuna obviously coming up. I mean, we're like not even 15 minutes to the show. But uh, we have to show some love to Lamb Chops real quick. Oh, my Lord. Lamb Chops was going crazy last week. So I imagine if you're listening to the show, you know about Lamb Chops. But if you're new to the show and listening because of Claire, I want to put you on to Lamb Chops, all right? They are a locally owned Minnesota clothing company with an emphasis on high quality, nice looking, premium, comfy clothing, right? And last week, they did an official collaboration with the Timberwolves. For my money, it was the most successful collaboration the Timberwolves ever done with a local clothing 
brand straight up like it's sold out in three minutes the demand was insane it's being resold on ebay for like 700 bucks people are bidding bro it's not like someone trying to get rich it's like 600 bucks there's been 15 bids insane stuff so uh make sure you go hit up at sg lamb chops or sglambchops.com um if you go to their social media pages there's a sign up and we tweeted out too at no pants crunch uh there's a sign up to get reminded for the restock there is a lamb chops timberwolves restock coming up so make sure you sign up uh for that and get on the list for that because like the clothes are awesome and that awesomeness is not limited to just the Timberwolves collaboration, like their standard non-Timberwolves stuff. The stuff that got them to the point of collaborating with the Wolves is just as fire. Me and Durf are always talking about how comfy the clothes are, the hoodies. They got the double mesh shorts. They got chains. They got my nephews the chains of a cleaver knife, which sounds intense, but like the brand messaging is cut the bad and leave the good like a butcher does with a butcher's knife. That's why you rock the cleaver as a reminder. So make sure you stay up to date on all things lamb chops, whether it's the Timberwolves restock or otherwise at SG lamb chops on Instagram and Twitter or SGLambchops.com for all your shopping needs. Back to Claire. Let's go. Um, Claire, we came on, we came under fire from Panty Nation, our listeners, because you've, uh, Panty Nation is our, is our fan base. Um, (laughs) You've been accused of being a wolves hater, as I you are have? a whiskey hater. Yeah, they say you're you're a relentless wolf Wait, hater. Wait, who said that? Lots of uh, not lots, like three people. Really? <laughs> three yeah. people. Oh, on Twitter. that kind of hurts my feelings. I, try, I mean, I try not to be an anyone hater. I think I think I think we're just a little bit emotional when we see a national journalist, you know, like take shots at us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so. I get that. And I'm Team Jimmy, so that's polarizing in Minnesota for sure. Yeah. So you're not a wolves hater on the record. Not a wolves hater. No, I will be thrilled for you if you achieve any level of success. Um, I think what that t- what will it no take fan base is more is more deserving, really. What will it take for me to come back? Yeah, I thought the classic <sighs> edition jerseys would do it for you, frankly. They're but... pretty sick. They're pretty sick. I, knew I mean, it. if that didn't do it, nothing would really. Um, yeah, if anyone could ever buy them. <laughs> I don't know LeBron to play for the Wolves. No, um, what would so ne- bring me next back? season? If I Jally's been it, Jally's been coming. pulling the strings on that one. You're trying to draft Bronny James. Um, if I lived in Minnesota still, uh, because I mean I think that's the thing people don't understand about like my fandom, quote unquote, is like I just sort of root for the home team wherever I'm living. It's just mm-hmm. it's the arena I'm at, and it's the staff I become friends with, and it's just where I'm at most often. So it was super organic for me. Like when I was at target center a lot, I like knew a bunch of people who worked for the wolves and like was rooting for them to succeed. And then I moved to LA and that that same thing happened for me with the Lakers. So I guess if I lived in Minnesota again, I would probably, I don't, I don't know though. I don't feel, I feel like my loyalties are kind of spread. Um, just, I think this wolves team, like, I think there are definitely some players that move me. Like I think Anthony Edwards is just like so infectious and amazing and I love him. And Mike Conley, like, how do you not like Mike Conley? Um, but then there's also some players on the roster that just like don't really move me or that I don't feel passionately about. So if if all my favorite players converged back onto the Wolves, then I'd be all in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Damn. I was well, you know, there's there's a path. Am I a hater? I'm so pre- sorry. No, I think well, I think uh, it's just so hard because uh I'm just brutally honest. Also, and yeah. I feel like people don't like that sometimes, which is understandable. Minnesotans don't Minnesotans, like that. Yeah, it's a, not a very a Minnesotan trait. I'm from New York originally, so I did spend the better part of a decade living in Minnesota. And my mom still lives there, so I I, mm-hmm. st- I still visit. But I, I'm not Minnesotan by nature yeah. because I'm not from there. Yeah, Minnesotan, I think, 
You said a little a little accent came out there, Claire. You kind of get a little Minnesota. Like, my O's, little... my O's are forever changed, but the, the oh, fact right. remains that personality-wise, I'm just like very. I like I like to deal with like I like directness and I like to deal with conflict. Like I like conflict resolution. I don't like I hate passive aggression. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying all Minnesotans are like that, but but I they think, are. Yeah, but they definitely are. But it's common. It's definitely common. And I think like, especially the way I talk about sports and stuff, like it's just it's not a very maybe Midwestern approach. Yeah, you have to sandwich you have to sandwich any directness in between or any negativity in between two compliments. You have to be like, you're really good at this. Here's something you could work on. Also really good at this. Or like the other thing I noticed from living there is my friends who were like musically quite successful, they were so reticent to like even mention any accomplishments or like any cool things they were doing. Like I remember one of um, one of my friends was playing on, I think it was Letterman at the time. And they were like, so we like did a thing. Oh, like here's, you know what I mean? Versus like, hey, everyone, I played on fucking David Letterman. Like how cool is that? They're like, whoa, okay, uh, you're cool. It's like, you can't, you can't, I mean, and, and to, I mean, I think that's just, you know, it's a very like salt of the earth kind of like, you know, down to earth vibe, which is great. Um, and it's a lot, it provides a lot of what's cool about Minnesotans as well. But I think they're a reluctant to like own any accomplishments and be reluctant to on the opposite side of that spectrum, make any direct criticism. Mm-hmm. And then I think that we have a hard time taking in that same vein, taking that yeah. criticism and very baked into like Twitter and NBA culture is just saying yeah. m- jokes that are sometimes mean. Um, so, but the thing I would say to your fans um, directly to your fans. No, say it's kidding. a panty nation. Claire, <laughs> a, say a memo. I'll say it to panty nation's <laughs> face, bro. Is that I also feel like I've been quick to compliment them as well. Like, I feel like maybe they tune that part out, but like the second that there's something really cool, like I'm a huge Anthony Edwards fan and I feel like I've been like riding for him all season long. Um, And I've, yeah, I've been like very quick to compliment them too. So I feel like maybe it's just louder. The, the, the insults are louder than the compliments. Maybe I've appreciated, I've appreciated the turn. It's been nice to see. I was like, Oh, I'm happy for Jordan. Most first and foremost, honestly, like anything good that happens to the wolves, I'm happy for Jordan and I'm happy for John Krasinski. So how can you see the John Krasinski cat cat video? So good. I'm so, I didn't know he was doing sideline reporting. Like that's news to me. I just got drinks with him not too long ago in LA when the wolves were here and and he didn't tell he didn't you, classic it. Minnesotan. Yep. Um, yeah, he didn't want to brag about it. it. He's been no, doing but it like actually, a... though, that's such a fucking good example of like, oh, like, yeah, I guess I'll just be on TV now. Like, I just didn't even think to bring it up because. Yeah, he's he's like their backup guy, right? Like when he's done, Yeah, he's done it yeah. like, like two or three games every year for the last couple of years or something. I think this is the first time he's done the post game interview, though. He's done like. Like mid game sideline think, stuff for like okay. I, think, I think it's because of it's because of um like out of off or maternity leave right that he's kind of stuck. <laughs> oh, yeah, Katie of, Storm's like baby out of office. Yeah, wait, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Katie, wait, I thought that was is Marnie. Does Marnie Gellner do something else or does she not? Work she here? does the halftime she of does, pre-game show yeah. and post game show. Okay, but yeah, so I think outdated with out. my with my wolves knowledge clearly. Um, speaking of criticism, this is a yeah. great caveat or great uh, transition, but mm-hmm. um, we're curious because we are local. So we hear what local people think about the, about the wolves, but since yeah. you're on the coast, we're just mm-hmm. curious, what's the vibe about the wolves from where you live? How are people I, feeling? I mean, I would say the average, like 
let me let me start by saying I think I'm out of touch for the most part with what the average like NBA fan thinks about anything because like all my mm-hmm. friends and social circles are just other super like NBA sicko media people who just yeah. like live and breathe this shit. So I actually am so detached from reality or like what any like average consumer thinks of anything. But I would say that like amongst my colleagues and people, I think that there's definitely they definitely acknowledge that they're really good. Like it's undeniable. They have the best defense in the league. They've been either number one or number two all season long. Um I think there is a like a little bit of like uh not like hesitancy to buy in, but just sort of like, I'll believe it when I see it kind of thing as far as like playoff success, just because like there's been so little over time. And I think it's different now because obviously you guys know this better than anyone. Like ownership is super impactful um, for NBA franchises. And I would say the former owner was like one of my least favorite owners in the league. So as far as one of like ours just, too. Yeah. <laughs> so Same. I feel like having new ownership is uh, is a big deal, but they are sort of unproven as well as far as like playoff success and stuff. It's not like they owned a different NBA franchise that had a lot of success. So mm-hmm. I'm optimistic and I think people are optimistic, but I think there's a lot of teams um, with more playoff pedigree um, in kind of in the mix as well Mm -hmm. so i would say cautious optimism would be my general take home yeah that's fair we'll accept it uh that's better that's a a big improvement it's huge that's a big improvement for sure the that's the voice in the way back in my head it's like oh man the cat and rudy thing even though i think it's it's pretty dispellable i think i think we're gonna make the second round but it's like oh what I will say is I think if they make a deep run this year, I think it'll be a different story next year. I think I, the I mean, only reason there's still a lot of skepticism is just because they haven't, you know, even, you know, won a first round series in more than once in like, yeah, is it like it, 20, 30 years or something? So, I mean, it's yeah. understandable skepticism. Is the skepticism I mean, because whenever happens. one of their players is getting really, really hot, whether it's Cat or Ant, they just feed that person until they hit the big number, which they've done like four <laughs> times over the course of Ant and Cat playing together? I think that's kind of cute. I understand what Coach Finch means by immature because I do think it is kind of childlike to be like, oh, sick, Cat's about to get 80, like get him the ball. Like that is very like childlike in nature. But I think it's kind of a testament to like that the vibes are pretty good with this team and that they actually like each other, which is, I th- mm-hmm. for me, I think is a really underrated element of playoff success is just sort of like team, ke- not just team chemistry as far as like, can you play basketball well together? But also like, do you like these people? Do you care about them? Do you want to see them succeed as well? I think that's something that has been, um, understated and that has been true about every team that's won the championship dating back as far as I can remember. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's outliers of like you've seen like somebody like a Kobe or something like that, just like tooth and nail drag teammates that probably resent him to the finish line because if it's like a once in a generation talent. But the average NBA championship team is a bunch of guys that like each other or at least respect each other, like clicking at the right time, I would say is like the the recipe. I think, yeah, it's super. Brandon won't accept that because Brandon's all about the stat Stop sheet. doing, <laughs> I've never said this. <laughs> so this team would line? not win a championship to be no, clear. Not because at you're all. just not throwing each other under the bus immediately. <laughs> yeah, no, we would I, not win. We still have some warts to work out. We, yeah, we, we Jally has <laughs> just started, Jally has just started this thing randomly in the last two weeks where I'm like guy who says team chemistry doesn't matter. 
Well, I've never that. said that. So you are said you the that. analytics guy of the three of you? Are you the he one? He is the smartest, yes. Okay. <laughs> I do, yeah. I do, I do like I do like analytics and I do analytics for my uh, my real job too. You and you and Daryl Morey. No, I'm just kidding. I am I am <laughs> pro I fuck with team chemistry. And um, and I'm anti Daryl Morey. I don't oh, think you should be I'm an asshole anti, if you're I'm really not good at it. That's a Minnesota take, Brandon. You're besmirching. You don't like because he's an music asshole? consumer, Daryl Yeah, Maury. exactly. How you're besmirching you, my one of my biggest. No, he's not one of my biggest fans, but he did. He bought a vinyl. Yeah, he has a vinyl and he posted a picture of him holding it at the Sixers practice wow. facility. You're putting so our guests in a precarious situation. So Brandon. I will love him forever. But I just think Daryl Morey's typically like not real nice dude. Brandon I mean, thinks I, that I he's think too he's, direct. I think he's polarizing for sure. But again, relatable. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, he kind of ushered in for better or for worse, like an, an era of NBA, like general management that was very analytics focused. So mm-hmm. depending he's on he's anti-team you... chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, He's very pro James Harden, which I would feel like it makes it anti team chemistry. To be pick a side, yeah, exactly. You really like if you're gonna attach. Although now they have they have serious capital B beef, so I don't think he's probably Mm -hmm. very pro James Harden anymore. But but uh, back to back to your original or back to your original point. Yeah, Brandon is the odd Mm -hmm. man out, so we will be making a trade deadline. So what are the prototypes? Just because I'm not like a a devoted listener to this podcast. So what are the like, what would you say are the prototypes? Like if you like the role, the roles on the team. So caricatures, you're the analytics guy. You're like the you're the Chris Paul ish, right? Kind of guy of like, I'm going to keep the train on the tracks and like be the voice of reason. Yeah, I definitely, t- I definitely like also talk the most about basketball. <laughs> okay, I mean somebody has to, right? You're on an NBA podcast, ostensibly, so yeah, sick. Jordan, what's your what's your role? I do the I kind of I do the intro and the ad reads, and I have funny quips. I'm also very prone to be prisoner of the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. very, very. I also I'm also totally okay to change my opinion and lie about my initial opinion and just. Like, for example, I love Rudy Gobert and I've always loved Rudy Gobert and I'm right, very volatile. There's no evidence to the contrary that can be found on the Internet with a quick. No, search. it's not. The hard, we it's, had, yeah, we Perfect. had a listener make a whole collage of oh all God. of Jelly's Tim Connolly, <laughs> Rudy Gobert. I love that dedication it was so good. to the art, though, like have listeners that dedicated. Well, and it's, it's good for it's good for us because that's Brandon and I's role is to keep Jally in check and accountable. So knowing that there are other people and, and the weight also doesn't fall. Keeping him honest. Yeah, exactly. What's your yeah, what's your role? Um, so I'm I'm kind of the Nas Reed of, of the group. Um, yeah. Kind of the, the six man. But I can take over. Man. I can take over an episode sometimes when needed. Other times I, yeah, exactly. I play the role. Invaluable. Invaluable. Um, truly. But I, I would say like <laughs> those two are kind of the poles. Right. And I kind of mm-hmm. ebb and flow between. Um, so I, I kind that. of, I would say like, I make the show happen and yeah. those two are just here for structure. I mean, it seems like that's just an objective fact. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, I think we're really disputable this. at this point. Also, right. uh, Jordan, I'm loving the Lana Del Rey framed record in the background. Cause that's my personal favorite Lana Del Rey record. Hell so. yeah. I think she signed nice. that one actually. Did she? Norman yeah. effing Rockwell. Yeah, I think she did. I think because we had a nice interview. Sick. As um, if I haven't already cursed like seven times. I just yeah, like you... try the radio in me like tries to catch myself, but. You know, we're falling back into old habits. I think I let now that we're off the air and we can't be fined for it. I definitely forgot to censor a couple of our episodes. We're very I mean, we curse like sailors, you know, we know we're just we're little we're, we're little sailors. I'm not saying we're badass, but I'm not not saying that either. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, 
Let's go back to the Timberwolves. Okay. <laughs> this is Sounds not good. this is not a smooth interview. Um, we That's do have to talk fine. about them in depth at in depth at, 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 at some point. You know, we got to talk about them. Um, as we approach the trade deadline, mm-hmm. from what you've seen, we need something. We need an extra oomph to really be like a contender. I feel like so if you could add an archetype to the Wolves, we talked about this last week with uh, Wolves Potter Dane Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've like what kind of archetype? We're talking about like a movement shooter or like a microwave scorer or a backup point guard. What do you think this team needs in terms of like an addition to the roster? Or, Honest, or anything? Honestly, my personal opinion would be another adult. I feel I think Mike Conley has shown you've seen, you know, in the games where he hasn't played, there has been like a regression to immaturity at times. And I think that's because when you really investigate this roster, like Mike Conley is the adult in the room and the rest mm-hmm. of the team, regardless of age, I would say the maturity levels are like on the lower end. Um, so if I were the Wolves, I would be like, we need Mike Conley insurance. Yeah, maybe in backup point guard form would be great as far as like on the court backup insurance, but also personality insurance in the locker room. Like you need somebody else to tell Jade McDaniels not to punch a wall in a critical moment. You know what I mean? Like that can't only be on Mike Conley to be the person who prevents things like that from happening or prevents Kat from tricking off a game by chasing 80 points or whatever it is. Like, I think that's a lot to put on one player to be kind of the only voice of reason. And like Mike Conley, just by personality, he isn't Udonis Haslam. Do you know what I mean? Like he isn't a hard ass vet. He's a super kind, gentle guy, which is what people love about him. But I would say like, that's kind of what you're missing by not having that Patrick Beverly in this Mm -hmm. roster is like somebody, a vet who's been there, who can tell it like it is and keep guys in line and isn't going to like lose his cool or lose his composure in those big moments, you know? So that would be what I would be looking for. Maybe early Patrick Beverly. Maybe you just get Patrick Beverly back. <laughs> we have talked about this at least eight times throughout like the post, <laughs> like the post Pat Bev. He's not going to really fix your spot up shooting needs, I would say. But sometimes he, he does, though. <laughs> sometimes he can. Listen, he was a Laker. I remember it well. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say he does more than he doesn't. <laughs> this would yeah, be yeah. my take home. Um, cook John Morant in the playoffs. I was about to say, Brandon, you love bringing up when Pat Bev became number one. I don't think you guys need another defense. You have an incredible defense. Like my concern with the wolves is definitely more on the offensive end because I think as we've seen with, cause Rudy Gobert anchors your defense. And I talked about this in the article I wrote, like, which is awesome. And and in a regular season defense, like you've seen the proof is in the pudding as far as like what Rudy Gobert, like how he can elevate a defense. Also the buy-in to clearly Chris Finch, I think deserves some credit for just deciding this is our identity. And like everybody else deserves some credit for being like, okay, sick. This is our identity. We're a defensive minded team. Like who in in their right mind ever would have predicted that Carl Anthony Towns would like buy in as like a lockdown defender. Like that just was not in the cards a couple of years ago. That being said, like, I feel like the defense is solid. I feel like the problem is like when you, when you're relying on that defense in a playoff setting, offenses are just too good. They're just too excellent. Offensive players, especially like the the Shea Gilders Alexanders of the world, they're they're at a level of offense that in a seven game series, I just don't think you can fully just rely on being an incredible defensive team. To, I think you can win a game or two in a series just off your, the strength of your defense for sure. Um, but they're gonna they're so crafty and so smart and they're going to find a way to score. So you have somebody like Anthony Edwards on your team who I think has that ceiling and that potential. And I think 
what and cat in his most mature moments also does have that potential but it would be great to have another just like straight offensive talent that didn't you could hide him on defense you have enough defenders mm-hmm. on that team where you could have somebody who's just like a really great offensive player who can just get you a solid like 18 points and five assists or something in a playoff game um off the bench or whatever it is. And I think that maybe that's a little bit of what you're missing. So if that could all be in the same player, that would be sick. I don't know off the top of my head who that player would be. I though. have it. May I you float do? it by the room? May I yeah, float please. it by the room? Please do. It's going to be D'Angelo Russell. I well, was no, going to say, is it D'Lo? No, <laughs> I'm off that I'm off that. I'm off that. Can you afford to have both him and Mike Conley? Because I actually, the player I just I can't afford to have is... him. Okay. I feel like D'Angelo Russell <laughs> costs more than money. The the player I just described like somebody yeah. that like can get hot or like a even well Dennis Schroeder I feel like his his talents are more on the um defensive, the defensive end than the side. offensive end but like somebody like that do you know what I mean like yeah. somebody who can get hot you only need you only need like that player to get hot for like one or two games in a series like the Lakers had that last year with Lonnie Walker in the Golden State series where he just had one game where Lonnie Walker looked like Kobe Bryant like he was like unfucking stoppable on offense nobody could do anything with him it was never seen before or since like it was just this one like aberration of a game but what a time but, I, but, what I don't a t- know. but like that can win you a playoff game like you know what I mean if somebody can have yeah. if somebody has a 30 point ceiling and like a 12 point floor I feel like players like that are like invaluable in the playoffs. Yeah. They really are. I don't know I if you've him. ever watched Lonnie Walker against the Wolves. I think so. <laughs> he's just I, like that every time. We've only yeah, really seen him look like yeah, Kobe yeah. Bryant. I just assumed he was an all-star based on his play. There, against are, the there are those players. That was like Aaron Gordon in the Nuggets series for the Lakers, where it was like, where the fuck did this come from? Like, yep. since when are you unstoppable? Like, this is insane. Like, they were just leaving him open for three, and he and he was like, bet. And every single time he was just cashing it. And then like since then, his three-point shooting percentage, I think, is like sub 30%. Mm-hmm. And it's just Oops, like, geez. what was that? That's like the um, complete opposite experience we have with Aaron Gordon because he's terrible <laughs> against the Wolves for some yeah. reason. Yeah, we, we got, I mean, he's, we got Aaron he's not number. that good. So it was really crazy. But yeah, if you could just get somebody, like a, I would say a veteran presence who has the capacity to get super hot, but also their floor isn't like, nothing it's not like because i mean like somebody like malik beasley i feel like his floor oh. is like zero points 0.0 assists that's like the malik beasley floor you know that who you but, were going to propose jelly no I, okay. this is going to shock you it's going to you're going to be like oh my god you need to be like galaxy brain to imagine this the man we're looking for is gordon hayward <laughs> we you can't, need can you gordon. afford gordon are you thinking he's going to get bought out from he's going to get bought out and then i was going to say because get... you definitely can't afford gordon hayward's no. contract but he gets bought out. We get him. We spare his little needs. I like that actually. I like that. I mean, I think he meets basically every every need I just laid out. Like I do think he's like a savvy vet. He is like way more of an offensive than a defensive talent. And he does while like to your point, he does have some injury prone history. He can get hot in a playoff series for sure. Still. Everyone's so worried about that. his legs. I'm kind of worried about like if he sweats too much and his hair gel goes into his eyes and he has like an eye problem like Kyle Anderson. I worry that valid concern. Valid concern. Um, We've I, seen what an eye problem with Kyle Anderson is. <laughs> it can be pretty bad. <laughs> Debilitating. Uh, or if somebody uses the Lord's name in vain around him or something and he just like totally melts down. <laughs> yeah. 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 You I'm know? a little concerned. Like are like are the January 6th trials going to catch up to him before the playoffs? Right. Like, it can't be ruled out at the end of the day. Yeah. So. Yeah. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> allegedly. Claire, I was, I, I, yeah, we have to, allegedly. Um, I was watching a, 
a cat Twitch stream recently and he was just breaking down. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's like, you can't just drop that in there. Like, that's a normal thing that people do. Like, oh, we're used to it. Twitch streams all the time (laughs) on here. Yeah, that just blew my mind. I'm like, when you're not hosting a Timberwolves podcast or watching the Timberwolves or consuming other Timberwolves content, you are literally watching Carl Anthony Towns stream video games on Twitch. No, he he puts up highlights. He goes, here's what happened on this play. And, oh. just talk, and no, he just. So you're not just like game. watching him play Call of Duty or something. No, I don't. I don't watch those ones unless okay, he has I was like, like you did watch him like, play Tekken true... with Mike Conley. Yeah, okay. there was there was a Tekken Mike I'm Conley. Like, you're a true Timberwolves yeah. sicko, Jordan. Like that's yeah. that's another level. But like he was um he was talking about his new like fadeaway like the Dirk shot that he's been doing. <laughs> yeah, he goes, he's like yeah you know I've been modeling my game after Dirk and Gordon Hayward. I'm like what <laughs> what <laughs> what, like, what a combo. They only have we one need to thing get in common, quite frankly. <laughs> they only have one thing in common, and it's not their fadeaway. Yeah. So, um, or like, or like, Gordon told him he had to work on it or something. But like, Gordon Hayward was mentioned as like a key influence in Cat's development. I was like, you know what, Gordon? Maybe like we need another vet to. to do you know what you I would know. say about Gordon Hayward? Do you guys listen to Paul George's podcast at all? As when I can, I love it. It's I think really good. The he's best actually podcast. I, I yeah, he, I think he does too, and I'm blown away because I did not see that coming at all. Um. But he had, and I don't mean that as shade. I just like his yeah. his public facing persona prior to having this podcast was not like I would be an amazing podcaster. I would say, but no, he's he is amazing. He's so good at it, and he um, had Gordon Hayward as a guest. And I was like speaking to the point of like people being not exactly what you expect. Like Gordon Hayward has, dare I say, more dog in him than I anticipated. Like he was kind of like he was like kind of sassy like and i just i don't know i would encourage you to listen to the episode because like I, you picture him i would picture him being kind of just like meek and just sort of yeah. like oh i don't know i just like kind of in the corner. yeah no he he definitely like like hyper competitive i mean it makes sense like because he's really good and to be really good in the nba you kind of have to be hyper competitive um but yeah and he had like really great stories about like training with kobe bryant and i don't know it's just like a really good episode but i was i almost didn't listen to it because i was just like uh, I don't really care about Paul George talking to Gordon Hayward. Like this isn't going to be that interesting, but I had like a, a plane trip and I was out of podcasts and I was just like, okay, sure. Like at least Paul George will carry this, like whatever. I'll just listen to it. And then he was a lot more interesting than I thought he would be. So mm-hmm. you can't spell Gordon Hayward without D A W G Claire. He's got that dog in his name. It was, it was, it was me, telegraphed like, the whole me time. Trying to remember the letters that are in Gordon. Yeah. I was doing the math there. Like <laughs> doing the math. Like, That's the English, Brandon. There's the Thanks, G there's the, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I think that's a perfect fit. And if he's available on the buyout market, like that's a no brainer to me. Yeah. If I'm the Timberwolves, it's a no brainer to me, quite frankly, if I'm any anybody yeah. contender. Yeah. But on the okay. buyout market, like they're just gonna pick their team. So like they're they're not all gonna go to the yeah. same team. Yeah, the good teams are pretty full. Yeah, I mean, I think the Wolves would be an attractive destination for someone like him because they're definitely like good enough to not be a waste of his time, but they're in need of his services enough that he's not just gonna like be there as a veteran presence. Like he'll actually get to play. Right. So and that I think classic edition in- Gordon Hayward jersey is gonna do wilt numbers out in Eden Prairie. My <laughs> gosh. I mean, if there's one place that would like Gordon Hayward, it's a Dinah. Am I right? Yeah. Am I right, folks? <laughs> uh, do we have any more, uh, gentlemen, do we have any more Wolves talk we want to get on with Claire? Or should we go into our draft a band segment with our first ever musical NBA guest? I first think we ever? can go, really? go into drafting a, drafting a band. All right, guys. Unreal clothing. Let's talk about it. We only have the best 
premium clothing sponsors in the world on Crunch Wears No Pants. We have Lamb Chops, already heard from them, and we have Unreal. From the couch to the country club, Unreal has you covered. If you're browsing unreal.co, unrl.co, and you're like, man, I don't know what to get. Where do I start? You start with the crossover hoodie, okay? Dude, the crossover hoodie, it's insane. It, it's like, it's not a heavy fabric, but it's not a light fabric. It's definitely, it's a, it's a nice medium fabric that's like smooth and silky. It's comfy and warm. I'm grabbing this thing whenever I'm taking my dog out in the winter. If I'm just, you know, I'm watching the Vikes back when they were still playing or I'm watching the Wolves. Or I'm just going to a friend's house, I'm having dinner, I'm doing some chores, I'm going to the store, I'm going out. I can wear this thing anywhere, and it's a problem because when you wear something all the time, you get stains on it, which was a problem I ran into a few months ago if you remember those ad reads, but whatever. Uh, Unreal has got the amazing quality that you can rock to any occasion. They got sweet joggers, they got amazing undershirts, all of their products are just high quality, attention to detail, and they're things that you can wear in numerous situations, right? So unrl.co, hit that up and use the code, the promo code, pull tab 15. All right, pull tab 15 for 15% off your order when you use that promo code at unrl.co. Go show some love to Unreal because frick dang it, dude. <laughs> it's amazing clothing, straight up. Okay, Claire, back to her. Let's go. Create a band. This is a very fun yes. segment, and I'm not quite sure how this is going to go because Brandon only listens to, <laughs> only listens to "Not Afraid" by Eminem. So, uh, <laughs> once again, just a Wait, thing not Jordan even just made up. To Eminem, but no, just, just that song. Just song. These are just yeah. things Jordan so, is making up about me. So incredibly niche. I have I have follow up questions, but I'll save them for another yeah. time. <laughs> so on part two. So this yeah. is going to be like one of our drafts, but we're going to create a band with NBA players. Now, if it, this is really up to interpretation. It could be um, NBA players that actually have music talents, or it could be, I guess, a prototype for a band. So we got to have a front man, a main instrumentalist, like a guitarist or a keyboard player, a bassist, and a drummer. I think this could be an iconic draft. Um, so I'm excited to I see agree. what we've come up with to like. I agree. Like uh, create a band of NBA players, Claire. As um, as our honorary guest, you get to draft first. But Brandon, <gasps> do you want to give us the 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 rest of the order? Yes. So I've got the random random number generator pulled up for draft order. Claire, you have the first overall pick as our guest. Second overall pick goes to Jordan Tornado Jally Alamar. Third overall pick goes to myself, and the last pick belongs to Nate Alsterf. Oh, Nate. Just like a six man getting the shaft, you know? I know. Like but a, it, it you, is get a the, you get the wraparound. You get four or oh, five. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah, four yeah. or five, honestly, half the time more successful than one, two. So you never know. Yeah, for real. All right, Claire, um, kick us off. What are you, who are you drafting right. and, and what are you This what, was what, what a no playing? brainer. I cannot emphasize enough that if I, if I, I knew that A, I would only get this pick if I was the first overall draft pit, like selector. And B, I knew that this would probably be number one on all our draft boards for lead singer in light of recent events, which is Steph Curry. We have seen his abilities behind the mic, uh, famously with Paramore singing Misery Business. That's right. Absolutely killed it. Murdered it. He's one of the only NBA players I can think of that has had like concrete evidence that he can front a band. Charisma for days, built-in audience, like What Mm -hmm. more do you want? Steph Curry is the perfect lead singer. Boom. There you go. Mic drop. Steph Curry. 
first off. When, when that clip when it was like, here's Steph Curry joining Paramore on stage, I'm like, my brands. This is amazing. My, Literally, my it was such brands. a confluence of my interests. I like didn't even know what to do with myself. Uh, Panty Nation member Yerner Herzog is going crazy right now as an NBA yeah. fan and a massive Paramore fan. I know he's losing his mind going, yeah, Claire, he's going to he's going to get those tiny death numbers up through the roof. Just supporting you because of that pick. Love it. Um, I'm going to take my front man as well with the second with the second overall pick. I'm going for I'm going to kind of spoil my strategy here because there's just so many NBA players that you guys can't even jack my steeds, even if you know it. I'm trying to build a Rage Against the Machine esque type band and oh. I need. I need a guy with bars that's very dynamic and can do a lot of things on the court. Uh, Anthony Edwards can do that. Now, I'm maybe shocked. You're, shocked. Yeah, maybe you're thinking, oh, why not Dame Dalla? He's a great rapper. That is exactly yes, what I was thinking. But I yeah. don't think Dame can do the Rage Against the Machine thing. I think Anthony Edwards can do it because I've heard Anthony Edwards yell way more in four seasons than I've ever heard Damian Lillard yell. Damian, okay. Dame's too cool and smooth. If I was doing like a neo soul R&B type or like a hip hop project or um, maybe a more mainstream hip hop project, Dame all the way. But if I want that kind of that rock rap energy, okay. Ant has to be the guy. So he's yelling oh. hey a lot. Because he yells hey a lot. Yeah. I just, just I knew like you were Zessie gonna pick Ant. I knew you were gonna pick Ant. Like that that like post postscript was lovely and makes a lot of sense, but you could have said anything and I would have been like, Yeah, of course you're gonna pick Ant. You know, you know that you know that beat that like producers will use where it's like, Hey, 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 yeah, in the, the background. Yeah. yeah. That's that's gonna be Ant. Definitely for you. from Atlanta. So yeah, yeah that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. All right, Brandon, yeah. what do you got? All right. Well, uh, I don't just listen to Not Afraid by Eminem, but I am definitely the least Lies. musically inclined on the show. Um, so I have a very specific draft strategy that will be revealed at the end of the draft, provided I don't miss out on one of these four very specific picks. <laughs> My first overall pick, hard. I am drafting a guitarist and just simply because of the one famous video gif, my guitarist is Michael Beasley. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? All right. That's a bold strategy nice. there, partner. Nice. <laughs> There's Wait, hang on. There's a I Michael feel like Beasley Michael Beasley guitar. probably would have stayed Beasley. on the board for yeah. a Oh, yeah, the guitar. Second. Yeah. I promise you all my guys are going to stay on the board the whole time. <laughs> I thought it's like a meme where it's like that's a bold strategy there, Cotton. We'll see if it works out for him. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Michael Beasley, third overall pick in 2024. Yeah. That is a bold strategy. Have you not? Have you not seen the Michael Beasley air guitar video? I mean, yeah. I know the clip you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, for sure. I just also, anyway. We know I he. Mean, we know he has the strumming works out motion great for down. Me. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, all my guys are still on the board as of right now, so I'm pretty right. good. Well, I somehow this um, lead singer, I'll give it away, or, or front man, fell to me, um, and I'm taking Victor Oladipo. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't oh, know if you saw okay. him on the Masked Singer, but he oh, has he was incredible. A, Beautiful yeah. voice, beautiful, yeah. transcendent, if you will. I didn't um, see that coming at all. That Victor would have that voice. When, it's when, amazing. Yeah. Again, I don't, I don't watch. I don't, I don't watch Mass Singer, so it's like I, you know, wake up, you know, six thirty in the morning. All right, time to start my day. It's like Victor Oladipo is on the Mass Singer. I'm like, yeah, what no. the fuck yeah. is going on? I just saw the clip and I was like, holy crap. Yeah, I didn't take this draft that like I would say the literalness of that. Like, yes, he's clearly probably the best actual vocalist in the NBA. I was thinking more like. The kind of je ne sais quoi, charisma, right. et cetera, that is required from each different mm -hmm. member of the band. But I love that. Pick. Yeah, there's a lot of routes to take this. You know, like everybody has a different draft strategy. There's no wrong draft strategy. Maybe well, Brand yeah. maybe Brandon. We'll see. Um, I think my draft strategy is wrong, Wizards, but it's because I don't know anything is, about music. There is actually a wrong draft strategy. <laughs> true. And the Wizards have demonstrated that, but. 
That is very much true. Um, What's your wraparounder? My wraparound, I'm going to take for my drummer, I'm going to take for obvious reasons, Andre Drummond. Oh, (laughs) you're an idiot, dude. I love that so much. No, I see the vision, though. I see the vision. I also have a center as my drummer. I feel like centers, that's the vibe. Yeah, that was that was like my drummer was a center, too. Yeah, that's the vibe. It was led by. Oh, this is a great pun. But also, I feel like he's just got a drummer vibe, you know? And yeah, he's got like centers aggressive, like set the tone. Yeah. Yeah. And like the kind of like just like they just sort of bully people in the paint. That's sort of drummer energy, I feel like. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Brandon. So then, yeah, Brandon. What do you got? What are you doing? What are you cooking? You weirdo. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to take my bassist next. Um, for my bassist, you know, I want someone. What? My, I promise you guys aren't going to take my singer. (laughs) God, I hope somebody does. There, if you, I think you guys should try to draft my singer the rest of the draft. I guarantee I'm going to get him with the last. What a, what a horrifying prospect! I want, I want my bassist. I want someone who is unassuming, not afraid to take a back seat, but is not afraid. Extremely reliable. I am taking mm-hmm. Mike Conley to play yeah, the bass. Nice, Damn nice. It. He was my drummer, actually. Did you say not afraid, Brandon? Yeah. <laughs> You're really not helping yourself out here. Shelly, <laughs> you're up. You got you oh dead to rights, God, dude. So good. Okay, All right. Sorry. I need sorry, a guitarist so here. And I yeah, need an yeah. actual guitarist because Tom yeah. Morello, if I'm going for my Rage Against the Machine build, it's one of the probably the best guitarist of all time from in my book, at least top three. Um and the only actual guitarist I can find that's played in the NBA is Steven Adams. And he has that guitarist Ooh, vibe. I like that. It up, long oh, absolutely. Hair. Yeah. Hair um, down. I like that vibe a lot. That's, a, that's kind of, a great pick. He looks like a metal guy and, you know, rage kind of borders mm-hmm. that metal. Vibe. Yeah, yeah. So I need, I need Steven this Adams. This is very well thought out. Thank you. Um, so incredibly, my next pick is still on the board, which just goes to show a, the implicit bias of this podcast and B, the experimentation of this exercise, but I'm going to draft my guitarist now, my lead guitarist. Um, I think an important tenet of a lead guitarist is they have to think that they are the main character, even though clearly the singer is actually the main character. I think it's important to have main character energy as a guitarist. Mm -hmm. Um, It is not your job as a bassist or a drummer to just hold down the fort in the background. It's your job to have boundless charisma and also just sort of that heliocentric energy and so i'm like michael drafting beasley Lebr- lebron james as my lead guitarist nice. um yep. i think he is has big lead guitarist energy um and i think he also has shown to have rhythm as is evidenced by that one ad where he's salsa dancing in a class i don't know if you guys remember that ad. <laughs> oh yeah 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 uh so he has the rhythm so i know he can hold it down and uh, again, I don't really know what could sell tickets better than a Steph Curry lead singer, LeBron James lead guitarist, one-two punch. But yeah. if you guys have a better idea than that, like hit me up. But as someone who's had to sell sell pre-sale tickets to concerts, I can say that I feel really, really good about my band you're, so far. You're selling out, Claire. You're, you're just, you're, you've gone full commercial. You're going to Imagine Dragons on us. Hey, man, I'm laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah, he can uh, he can do some backup vocals too because he hits those high notes with the Taco yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, some some harmony vibes. Taco Tuesday or like some yeah. boo 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 like like that one meme yeah. I'm in the gym. Like yeah, again the great... main character energy is, is yeah. a necessity. Yeah, at lead guitar. Wait, does then, it snake back around? Do I get another yeah? Because you got another yeah, one. Yeah, you get a second one. All right, so I'm trying. I'm deciding between my bassist and my drummer. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go drummer because I'm scared that he will not. He will go off the board. 
Um, so again, to your point, I feel like drummer has big center energy. It just, uh, it's aggressive, it's physical, it's sort of primal in a way that, that being a center also is. But at the end of the day, a drummer also does have to sort of keep the train on the tracks, has to keep that rhythm to your point about choosing Mike Conley. So you kind of need someone with point guard skills, but a center's build and energy and explosiveness. And so Nikola Jokic is my drummer. (sighs) And I had to to snag him before he went off the board. So there we are. Nice. That's a great drummer. That uh, that hurts because he was my next pick. Um, Was he your drummer too? He was actually my bassist. Uh, okay. He does look like he looks like a bassist. He looks like the, he plays bass. <laughs> which is I feel that like is he looks one. like a drummer. Really? Yeah. He kind of has get, that like oafish, like I feel like drummers are just sort of like me bang drum. Like that's kind of equally <laughs> Jokic energy to me. So give it a caveman-ish. Yeah, caveman <laughs> vibes for sure. For a for a bassist, I'm looking for someone who is reliable and consistent and fundamentally sound, right? The bass is kind of, you know, the heartbeat of the song, you know, the rhythm section. Like you need mm-hmm. that to be really, really solid. But I also want some bass licks, you know, rage. I want some really yeah. sexy, fun, like not, I guess, sexy isn't the word I would use to describe Bulls on Parade. I just need like some intense, fun licks, something mm-hmm. cool. So you need to be like consistent, but also have a flair to your game, which is why I want Kevin Durant to be my bassist. Ooh, he also has nice. perfect bassist fingers because he has ginormous hands. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's another key component of being a good bassist. Yeah. So boom, KD, Steven Adams, little OKC reunion, and then Ant. All right. So it's back to me. Yeah. You guys will be doing? shocked to learn that I still have both of my two very important picks <laughs> remaining on the, board. on the board. Wow. And I am leaving my I'm leaving my front man, my singer for the last pick. And I'm going to take my drummer with this pick. We talked about centers. They have the centers. They have the big the big drummer energy. I'm going for a grungy, perhaps a perhaps someone who has a little bit of a Lenny Kravitz look to them. I'm drafting Michael Olawa Candy <laughs> as my drummer. What are these picks, bro? Like what? What year is it? What day is it? I'm so confused. <laughs> this was this was a, a former guest of the pod pointed this out to us. We didn't realize this, but Michael Olawa Candy has a, a bearing resemblance with um Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz. And we, we, were we did a, we did a quick Google side. search and, and I can see it. So I love it. you can drop the side by side in the chat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, Nate. We'll follow up with an email. Um <laughs> all right. I have the my last okay. two picks um okay. for my first of my last two. I'm gonna take my lead guitarist. Um and I think you made a great point, Claire. It's somebody that has kind of that lead energy that can take the lead, but isn't necessarily maybe who knows. Um, I'm taking Jimmy Butler in his picture from uh, the pro day or whatever. The that was the... my second pick for my guitarist. So if someone had taken LeBron for lead singer, okay. I, that was going to be yeah. My I wanted to go for like the, kind of the the good Charlotte esque yeah. uh, yeah. vibes. Mm-hmm. Little so, Ocean Avenue. Yeah, exactly. And then he'll have some sick riffs. It'll be great. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and then my last pick, I'm taking my bassist, and that's going to be Giannis Antetokounmpo because Ooh. I feel like he kind of just sets the rhythm, you know, um, and he's steady. I think he's, he's got, got drummer hands. energy. He, yeah. he does too. I feel like he could do both, you know? If you have big kind of that rhythm, shoulders, rhythm I go, you section, play rules. Rhythm section energy for sure, yeah. regardless. Yeah. So good pick. Yeah. Good pick. All right, Brandon, what player named Mike <laughs> is your front man? <laughs> Thank I have God. To know who this is. <laughs> Thank God I am round to go my band, which will be called Simply Mike's. 
<laughs> I need I need someone with a deep a deep baritone voice. I don't even know if this is allowed. I'm drafting Michael Grady as my lead yep. singer. <laughs> that's great. That's 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 wow. how it's great. Nice. Incredible. I love also that you didn't like Mike Conley is on our draft board. Like he has been selected, he's but my, not Yeah, he's my bassist. No, but didn't Jordan didn't you pick Mike Conley as your drummer? Or was that no, just not official? I took, that was like no, I took that was gonna Mike be Conley that was, you my bassist. Be a drummer. Oh, okay. okay. That's your yeah. basis. Because I remember Jordan saying, um, like, oh, I want Mike Conley to be my drummer. And I was like, how is there a mic? Like, how is there a mic that is not in the mics that is off the board? No, but- no. Yeah. Simply Mike now, lead singer, Michael Grady, uh, guitarist, Michael Beasley, bassist, Mike Conley, and drummer, Michael Olawakandi. That's good. This the is mics good is like, now that I've seen the vision of the whole band. See, like the, you had to see mics, the vision. The mics, it's a strong proof of concept, I would yep. say. So hats off. Can't to wait you. for the debut. And tell me Michael Grady doesn't have a beautiful voice. Oh, oh yeah. Voice. Yeah. I'm gonna be Amazing. so sad when he becomes a national broadcaster. It's gonna just just shatter me. Um when do we think sidebar, when do we think it's gonna happen? I think we have two years left with Michael Grady before he gets snatched by like ESPN I think I think they'll stick with us for a could, couple championships and then I think he could do the he could do the Mike Breen thing though. Like Mike Breen does Mike Breen national still calls games, Knicks games. And he calls and on the Knicks games too. And it's a joy well, not all of them, because when he's calling a national game, yeah. he doesn't. But right. I would say it's always a joy to turn on NBA League Pass and turn on Nick's broadcast and you just get treated to a Mike Breen. It's like finding like filet mignon at McDonald's or some shit. You're yeah. just like, oh shit. Mike <laughs> well, That's like New York though. Yeah. I guess, yeah. well, I guess, you know, if you're in Minnesota, is that your you home base? But if you can do it, like, you're, like yeah. But like mm-hmm. Minnesota is centrally located so you can get to, you know, both coasts or like three, four yeah. hours away. So like, I, mean, I he guess. Called, he called, a, he called a national game. Was it a, was it an was ESPN game? Yeah, it was WNBA. Did he called or a, no, he called a national NBA game this year. The oh, game that he? Marnie and Jim Pete called. There was a Wolves game that Marnie and Jim Pete were on the call, and it's because Michael Grady was on the either like the NBA TV or something. Oh, broadcast. that's right. He that's did. Right. I don't remember when it was. But, so yeah. he's like already like kind of getting his feet wet in that. Yeah. yeah. And it would be cool to have more Marnie as well. God, how cool is it that Marnie just like, I'm just going to do every sport and be excellent at it? It's like, what the hell? You're a dynasty. How great is Marnie? We got to get Marnie's Marnie on awesome. Yeah, you do. I, I will get. Wait, Marnie. I need to know Jordan's or Jolly's next pick. Excuse me. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Finish the draft. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I need a bait. I know I need a drummer. And for me, I think point guards have drummer energy because they're setting the tempo. And again, I want. I need someone that's very consistent. I feel like bassists. I feel like and, bassists are point guards to me, but I digress. Interesting. Well, so I disagree. I. And this is well, you guys are wrong because I. Yeah. I need. I need again. We're playing. Rock music that can be dynamic and also, you know, we're, we're creating moments and we're, and we're getting down low. And I need to make sure that um, my drummer has great chemistry with my front man, Anthony Edwards. Remember, Rage Against Machine is very rock and hip hop. So the voice is a very know. percussive instrument. I need to make sure that like, you know, those like the front man and the drummer are locked in together. And who has um, that tempo setting energy and, and chemistry with Anthony Edwards with a a slight, you know, Penchant for Flash, it's Ricky Rubio as my drummer. So I got Ricky, oh, I even Adams, KD, and Anthony Edwards as my Rage's machine. Only 50% Timberwolves. That is 50% less Timberwolves than I anticipated being in your band going into uh, this draft. I had to uh, I had, have 100% Timberwolves. <laughs> I had to throw in some red herring so I can get my pick to create my Rage's machine vision. All right, Claire, you're last with your bassist. What do you got? Who do you got? All right. So doubling down on my theory that the bassist is, in fact, the point guard of the band, I feel like the bassist to your point, needs to be dynamic. They need to be able to kind of 
adapt to a bunch of different styles, but at the end of the day, they're the, they're the tone setter and they are the keeper of the tempo and they are sort of like the unsung hero of the band. Like they're very necessary for making everything sing, but they're more about making everybody else shine. A bass solo, probably the most rare of all the solos. <laughs> that being said, I needed to take someone who's just happy to sort of facilitate as their main job and has to do it at a very excellent level. And so Tyrese Halliburton Fantastic. is my nice. bassist. Good and also, um, bassist can dress kind of weird. And Tyrese has like and he has like a little a, page boy. Like, yeah, hat yeah he has on. like a he has a fall yes. boy. 2006 yeah, he has, he has energy. big bassist energy to me. So just to recap, my band is Steph Curry as lead singer, LeBron James as the lead guitar, Tyrese Halliburton on bass and Nikola Jokic on drums. Yeah, let's Your go around. Definitely set. the best in a four-on-four -four basketball game. Yeah. <laughs> let's go around, uh, Jordan. Wait, what's really? Yours? Compared to yours, you think so? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I've never even seen Michael Grady play basketball. It could um, be bad. Um, be I had Ant, Steve, Ant, frontman, guitarist Stephen Adams, bassist KD, drummer Ricky Rubio. Brandon, do you have yours written down? You want me to write it? Read it out for you. I've I've got Michael Grady, lead singer. I've got Michael Beasley on the guitar. I've got Mike Conley playing <laughs> the bass, and I've got Michael Olawa Candy on the drums. That's very good. All right, I have uh, Victor Oladipo as the front man. I have Jimmy Butler as the lead guitarist. I have. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the bassist and Andre Drummond as the drummer. I almost took, I decided to take this seriously, but I almost took Nathan Mensa as the bassist so that I could call my band Vic Mensa because Ooh. Victor Oladipo. Is, Ooh, that's so but good. but I was like, you know what? I I wanna I wanna remain the integrity. Like I don't wanna I don't wanna give up a position just for the bit. For the bit, that, yeah. yeah. The I do commit to the bit, but. But, but you right. also had the best bit of the draft by drafting Andre Drummond, Andre Drummond to play yeah. the drums. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. I would say like writer to writer. I feel like that is like true writer energy to be like, not only to think of that pun, but to know when to just let it lie and, and to edit yeah. yourself and choose something else. Respect. That, that's honestly. a fun concept. Game, I, game I recognizes think game. <laughs> I, yeah, I write I write here and there. Not a big deal. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> you talk haven't, about You line. didn't write a Vikings article this year. I just realized you're yearly. Yeah, because the Vikings are out. The Vikings are out. Yeah. Wolves that's are all in. I can say is I can yeah. tell you're a writer because that <laughs> yeah. process, chef's wow. kiss. From, from Claire. Okay. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. <laughs> there, to take this in. Is there anyone on our big board that, uh, that we left out that we want to highlight? Um, Shaq nope. is a rapper. Was <laughs> Brandon. Um, <laughs> nope. Nope. I had I had Michael Austin Jordan. Reeves as my potential bassist backup up behind Tyler, Tyrese Halliburton. If for no other reason than I feel like his hair would look fucking sick yep. playing bass. Yeah. Yep, the floppiness. Um, I had Kat as a guitarist for your point, Claire. Someone who can like when there's a solo, like yeah, go yeah. main character, but also to like in your article, he said he's he's taking that role as the one B. Yeah. So he knows that he can play the rhythm guitar, but when it's time for his time to shine, he'll put up a sixty-two amazing solo. But he might play Going the wrong note at the end. <laughs> I had you know, I had solo Mike... just goes on five minutes too long, and you're just like, wait, yeah. the solo is supposed to end like stop. <laughs> like like the last sting he plays like an F sharp as opposed to a G. You're like oh no, that's the worst one he could have played. No. <laughs> Unless I had Mike seven. Miller as a backup at any position, just in case <laughs> nice. one of my mics got taken off the board. That's a good one. I thought he had mostly, I thought Mike Miller had like guitarist energy with the long hair, yeah. long hair, mm -hmm. white guy thing. I love this bit so much. Oh I really God. wanted I'm, it. I'm glad I love worked. any bit that is just like taken, seen through to the bitter end. Like I yeah. really. The bitter end. Well, oh, there we go. God damn it. Okay. I really, I really, I really wanted to oh. like have, have my band featuring Dame, Dame Dalla. So like we have. Oh. We have Vic 
Vic Mensa. We have Vic Oladipo yeah. on lead vocals, and then we have Dame Dame coming in, dropping some bars, and there's like, like yeah, a ebb and flow vibes. kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. Or like Claire, some I was, park back and forth energy. Yes, oh, exactly. Yeah. I was surprised that you didn't take uh freaking Jamal Murray as your basis because Tyrese and Jamal, you know, kind of have like guard as a basis energy. So you have like the Nikola Jokic and the Jamal Murray. I didn't like, pick chemistry. any real no, teammates, actually. So none mm-hmm. of the guys that I picked have ever been on a team together. I just thought that maybe for the rhythm section, you'd really lock in and have it laced I up. But I, I still I still love your approach. I did. I could have had Austin and LeBron, in which case it was like bass guitar. Like they do kind of have like a nice two man oh, yeah, game yeah, going yeah. in real life. But the other backup that I did not choose was if someone had taken Jokic for drummer, I was going to go with Joel Embiid. Yeah, because much you're... like in real life, they're not interchangeable, but they do. If you can't have one, you'd probably be quite happy with the other. I feel like I'd be kind of worried that he would like fall onto his drum set, though, and like break everything, <laughs> you know, I mean, he'd get the foul call, but. You have I to thought, replace the drum set. I think Joel might more be of a kind of a man. vibe, though. Yeah, could you be. You think he's more of a frontman? He does have frontman energy, but I feel like him on a drum solo would be pretty sick. It would be yeah. sweet. Um, great flopping joke, Durf. I really Thanks. appreciate that. Okay, cool. Eventually, I will put this on Twitter at No Pants Crunch. We will vote on. Oh the yeah, band. you were gonna put the Star Wars draft on Twitter right away. Yeah, I forgot about that. I really hope you do because I think I would win with flying colors. Although I don't know, you have kind of a selective audience, so maybe maybe the mics would win. But we'll we'll see. You you didn't pick any like super offensive, divisive players, except I guess LeBron can be divisive for weird reasons. But I don't; those people don't really matter to me. So um, whatever. You still haven't even put Franken player out. That was like yeah. two months ago. That video is a bitch to edit, dude. I kind of keep up on it, and work got crazy. But I will do it. I'm gonna do it. It's gonna be two years from now. We're gonna have like draft week. Where you just post all the drafts. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of work, That's guys. Honestly, kind of a good idea, though. Jolly, are you, you an Aquarius? Speaking of yeah. astrology, are you an Aquarius? Yeah. You are the yeah. most. Do you do you know how much of an Aquarius you are that I literally oh. just asked that off the top of my head just from one hour of podcasting with you? Because well, uh, I just felt so confident that, that was the case. I've never well, met a more Aquarian Aquarius in my life. What? Okay. Well, hang on. One, we did a show together for every week years. for like yeah, multiple true. years. And so I did have a little bit more empirical evidence. But. Yeah. But what, 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 was, what was my Aquarius energy? I feel like the way you described yourself is the role in the podcast, like what you bring to it and like your strengths and weaknesses is like peak Aquarian vibes. Like, like the, the sort of like fly by the seat of your pants as it were. Nice. Um, nice. And like the kind of more like improv, like that kind of vibe, but like worse at the at the sort of like to your point, which made me think of it as you being like you still haven't uploaded that thing, and you were just like, oh, that I that kind of slipped my mind or whatever. That just feels very Aquarius. Yeah. You know, the, the audio comes first, guys. Live in the guys. moment. Live in yeah, the moment. I'm a prisoner I mean? of the moment, and that's how it goes. All right, guys, we got our final segment with Claire Deloon coming up after a word from Duke Cannon. <laughs> Jake Middleton here, Director of Hair and Hygiene for the Minnesota Wild. How did I get this important role with the team, you ask? I'd like to think it was because of hard work, but the truth is, I run hot. Yep, I'm a sweater. In my role as Director of Hair and Hygiene, I'm sort of like a player coach. Let me pull out the grease board here. Well, it's not actually a grease board, because there is nothing dirty about Duke Cannon. How do I help the guys stay squeaky clean? Helpful reminders. It's simple. Tarps off, do cannon on. Say it with me. Tarps off, do cannon on. Tarps off, do cannon on. Pick the scent that suits you. Sawtooth. Thick body wash. Extra thick. And my favorite, midnight swim. 
Harps off, Duke Cannon on. Duke Cannon, work harder, smell better. All right, Claire, we have one more bit. It's time for Random, Random of the, of the Week. Oh, right. wow. Claire, I didn't tell you about this one, but it's a game show we end the show with where we just guess okay. random wolves. Uh, someone has hints, and then we guess as our guest, you get the you get the honorary hint-free guess. If you get this right, I will send you a package of sponsored product. You get okay. men's deodorant and like double XL hoodies from Lamb Chops <laughs> and Unreal. Well, I don't have a boyfriend to steal those from right now, so I'll take it. So you'll take it from from your friend's podcast. All right. So who is your random wolf guest? My my random guest. Wait. So I just guess anyone. So it's first guess is just anyone who's ever played for the. So it's like Wordle kind of right, like or that kind of vibe. Durf has five hints. So you'll guess someone, get a hint. Guess another. We'll guess another person. Get a hint. It's collaborative though. You, me, and Jordan are guessing together. Okay. But you Um, get the first hint. First Anthony guess. Edwards. It is not Anthony Edwards. Good guess. And it's any hint. wolf through all of Wolves history. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do we get yeah, any? just so you know, Durf's gonna pick a white man from my 2012. So <laughs> we, So no hints at all? Zero? No, no, so no, no. That, that was just, just yeah. That was I kind of like a bad job. Throw, I have throw a random bad, dart. I do, I do not do a good job of explaining this bit to our guests. I was yeah. like, you wait, just so go I just like, choose, you get the history guess. Line, and then they just tell me I'm wrong, and then that's how we keep going. Like, <laughs> we keep guessing. Fun. That's yeah. the show. <laughs> this podcast was good till the end, where this bit went off for 25 minutes. It was horrible. Oh my god. All right. Yeah. I haven't had dinner yet. I'm kind of hangry. All right. <laughs> Sorry. We'll my I guessing have... is faulty at the moment from lack of nourishment. I have prepared five clues, and they get progressively easier. Um, so I'll start. Clue number one. This former t- this former Timberwolf was drafted 16th overall by the Chicago Bulls. Mm. Oh wait, no. and then you guys all decide on one guess. Was Jimmy 16th? No, Jimmy was 30th. Okay, 30th near second round. I think he was the last pick of the first round. Um, but the Timber Bulls is a good era, like Luol Deng. Um, was Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson. Let's do Taj. Let's in at Taj with the first guess. Good job, Claire. It's Taj. Yeah, I think that's a good one. It is not Taj Gibson. Oh, there good, is a pause guess, between though. is and not. That was so cruel. <laughs> Should yeah. I just say no? You were like, it is right. not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the I just no, try to dramatize it a little bit. I the, list, the listeners love it. Um, <laughs> that's not true. Uh, clue number two. Number, number two. two. Okay. Uh, during his time in the NBA, he spent time with the 76ers, the Thunder, the Timberwolves, and the Rockets. 76ers, Thunder, Timberwolves, and Rockets. Oh, God, that's hard. So that's not Luol Deng. So he never played for the Bulls. He just got drafted by them? He was a, it was a draft day trade. Okay, so that was a little bit of a misdirection with that first clue. I see oh. what you did there. Okay. Yes. Sneaky. What can I say? I'm a writer. Okay, so yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. Um, Okay. 76ers, Bulls, Rockets. Um, wait, so Um, we don't get to ask questions. You only we just get take the hints we're given. What about like okay? What about like Luke Richard Baamute? Sure, let's just do it. I think he played for the Clippers, but Luke Richard Baamute is not correct. Okay. I didn't have a pause. Um, <laughs> clue number three. This former Timberwolf only appeared in one NBA basketball game for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay. What? Um, One game 
one game wolves. Okay, well, it makes Claire... it way more likely that I'm going to be the one that has to guess yeah. this because <laughs> I feel like the knowledge base is very like wolf centric on this side of the Zoom screen. So I was like, yeah, all right, all right bye, Claire. Nice talking to you. We'll do oh, oh, Wait. oh, I know who it is. It's Justin Patton. Is that your guess? Yeah, that's Justin Patton. I know it's right. Justin Patton is correct. That's such bullshit. Oh, thank God, because I had no idea. Uh, I was so, stumped. The, the final two clues were clue number four was he attended Creighton University. And clue number five was this former Timberwolf was well known for breaking his foot not once, but twice while with the Minnesota Timberwolves. He broke yeah. his left foot and his right foot, yeah, which no, is why I, he only I played know. for... I know all the one game Tim. I know all the one game Timberwolves because I did the Timberwolves rankings that one year. There's, oh, there's yeah. only like there's only like five or six of them. I was that is convinced. Incredible. I was convinced that Justin. I Patton never would was have guessed be... that if my life depended on it. I, I never ever would have guessed that. Just the worst jigsaw game. <laughs> you <could tie laughs> up in the basement. Name this wolf. <laughs> Well, guys, let's give it up for motherfucking Claire DeLune. Hey, thank you for coming on the show, Claire. Yeah, I hope everyone reads yeah. your journalism. I hope everyone listens to your music. If people liked you on the pod, um, where can they find you? Where can they follow you? How can they well, consume Well, unfortunately, your they can find me on Twitter still to this day. I'm one of the last people left on Twitter island um, subsisting off of just talking to Wilson my my trusty beach <laughs> volleyball and and eating like berries and twigs or whatever because it's just me and the true sickos left there but i am there and then if in a more formal capacity i write for the guardian about the nba and then in a more esoteric capacity you could listen to my music which is called tiny deaths and it's available wherever you stream music at Claire MPLS, if you don't support Claire, or at, at Tiny Deaths, I will find you and I will harm you. Claire, thank you for taking time out of your busy Thanks schedule. Thanks for having me. That was so yeah, fun. It's great. Guess I what? Hope you your now listeners hate me less now. I think they will. <laughs> or I think maybe really, more. I, think, I don't know. Maybe they hate me more. I now. think I don't know. Jordan, TBD. like, I think Jordan completely oversold our listeners hating you from like a couple people <laughs> that responded. Like two or three. I mean, it was, yeah. It's probably a couple more of your listeners than hate Jordan. So, you know. Oh, yeah. There's that. I definitely <laughs> oh, no, Some of our it. listeners hate Jordan. There's oh, a really? lot. Most of them. Yeah. How could anyone hate you? You're like, a lot of hate. Oh, a lot you're of like hate rainbows listeners. and sunshine. Like, you're not hateable at all. That's woke. <laughs> it's woke. That's why they don't <laughs> like me. Um, they, fun fact they did a study, like a panel at the radio station back in the About day. About people we, hating you? Yes. What? Like they just like who do you like and like all the older demographics like we fucking hate Jordan I'm like oh, God all the young people liked me the same well, thing happens with with your wedding DJing too all the old people hate you Jordan that's your boundless energy they're just jealous they're like I remember yeah. when I used to have energy like that that's fine you know <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I, they yeah. shake their fist at the sky and it's because like, he doesn't play Love Shack that's why and then they slap me I I got slapped and choked by old people last oh this is this is. I'll what text it to you. Yeah, I got choked by an old man a couple That's years also ago. Assault. By an old it was a, it was a whole assault. thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone, go show some love to Claire. Also, go show love to our freaking sponsors, Lamb Chops, Unreal, and Duke Cannon. Sidebar, on Lamb Chops. What an insane collaboration. We'll talk about it on the next episode because we're running along. Um, let's see. What else do I have to say? Oh, yeah. Make sure you follow us on social media. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at No Pants Crunch. Also, rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Music. Remember, one stars or five stars. No twos, no threes, no fours. If you're gonna say something, stand, stand on, on it. And don't drive like an idiot in residential areas, or else I'll find you and I will do what I did in the story that you did not hear. All right, He'll love kick you. you while you're down. Don't say that. All right, love you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thanks for having me, guys. That was really fun.
Brandon, have I told you this story? Yeah, you have. Okay. Should I tell it on the pod? Tell the and, listeners. Yeah, right, I guess. It's a good story. Sarah, do you have five minutes to hear the story? I know you're hungry. You know you're hangry. I'm so hungry, but I will listen to your story. Okay, so I was DJing a wedding. Don't in the hip, yeah. Have I not told you that, Brandon? What the fuck? Well, yeah, he choked you me. You can't in include any of this on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, you, you need to cut this. Yeah. Yeah. This I didn't know this you part in like of the seven story. different ways for like several crimes. You yeah. cannot. And then the cop like was running back and saw me. <laughs> the cop puts me back up against the wall. <laughs> and then everyone's like, no, 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 no. He was defending himself. So he gets separated and we like talk. And, and then the cop's like, all right, Jordan, like, it's all fine. Like, don't <laughs> next time. I'm like, next time. Yeah, why do you think there's going to be another time? Yeah. And then the bride goes, oh, Jordan, thank you so much for, for DJing. It was so great. I'm so sorry about my uncle. Here's 500 bucks. Don't sue. I was like, okay, sounds good. So I got an extra 500 bucks. Um, wow. And my equipment wasn't broken. Only like a little like a little cord adapter got broken. So that was my... And then after for- that, you were like, you know what I'm going to do? Full-time DJ weddings. Like, yes, that's this, my this is what I am called well, I mean, to do. As we heard, it awoke something in him. So he was... Yeah. Uh, so yeah well i'm uh i'm i'm sorry listeners don't mess with jordan that's that's the lesson i'm never gonna get choke jordan i'm gonna fast forward all that i'm sorry panty nation didn't get to hear that story it is a little bit that last part gets a little legally incriminating the part where you don't say it (laughs) (laughs) you should just bleep the parts where you say incriminating things and make it sound like you're the yeah, it was tough. So the but, uncle falls down and I go out, or you could edit in like, and I help him up. And yeah, I yeah. have a great time. But yeah, Claire, thank you for coming on and talking wolves with thank us. We can't wait to have Yeah, we're gonna do the Frank and I'm Claire. I'm a little tra- scared of you now, but I had a really good time. <laughs> unless unless you uh threaten me with horrible music and pour drinks on my stuff, I think you're fine. Yeah, I think um, so too. 